0: Welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over when to bring on an employee, some of the hurdles you may experience when recruiting or bringing on employees to expand your company, and the timeline, I think, to bring on an employee and how much an employee actually costs. All these factors I'll cover here in this podcast. Pool Service Pro open a Leslie's wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's pool supply offers convenient locations that are open 7 days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service, save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Now there are distinct advantages of having an employee, it has also of course disadvantages and I'll probably go over More or less, both of these in this podcast. You get an idea of if you even want to bring an employee on or if you just want to stay small and maybe just refer the pools out to other people. There's really no right or wrong answer at this point. It's just a preference of where you want to go with your business and how big you want to get and what you want to do as far as running the business. If you want to be out there cleaning pools, doing the repairs yourself, or if you want to move to more of a repair and bidding model. And having an employee run the route, however you want to work it, it's up to you and where you're going with your pool business. And everyone's a little bit different in their thinking and what they want out of their pool service business. And in this tight labor market, bringing an employee on can be a little challenging. I mean, you have Walmart and Target that are actually paying their employees college tuition, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. Then you have warehouses giving like a thousand or two thousand dollar signing bonus, and this is warehouse work, um, which is really also something that's not uh been done before or needed to be done before to recruit people. Now, as far as pool service goes, there are some really good benefits for people that you're looking to hire. And I think one of the benefits that you can really offer somebody is that they're going to be done with their job by one in the afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon in some cases. And so they can get done pretty quickly during the day and have all that free time to, you know, maybe do another job if they wanted to, or just to have that free time available that the other jobs can't offer. I mean, if you're working in a warehouse job, I know that I have a friend that's working at Amazon. He works from 6 p.m. to like two or three in the morning, which is not ideal hours and, you know, working on the weekends. And so there's a price to pay for getting your Amazon Prime package the next day, and they're paying it by working those kind of weird hours and long hours also. So the short work hours, working Monday through Friday, are a good benefit. Being outside, kind of being your own boss in a way, is a great benefit for them. And learning a trade would be the main selling point of doing pool service. They're learning something that they could potentially one day have their own business if they wanted to. So there are definitely attractive aspects of the pool service business. And I should mention that there are some unattractive aspects too, like the weather, you know, pools that get heavy debris or winds, things like that, the elements. So there are some drawbacks, but I think the benefits outweigh the drawbacks for sure. But getting that across to them in this tight labor market, where again you have Walmart, Target, paying for your college degree, Um, as selected universities, so they're not paying for you to go to Princeton or Yale, but there are a list of universities that they actually will pay tuition for, which is interesting that they offer that. And it's kind of one of those things where everyone's trying to recruit that employee that, you know, that wasn't being recruited before a year ago. So it's, it's different for sure. One thing that I will mention here is that, you know, back in the day, we used to be able to give a ten ninety nine to an employee, make them kind of quote unquote a subcontractor in California. That's been done away with in just about every aspect. And so you'll have to make your worker in California an employee. There is one workaround, but it's a little bit expensive for the you know, the person that if they want to go this direction, but they can form an S Corp corporation. And if you are also incorporated, you can just do business like corporation to corporation and give them, um, you know, a payment and they can record it however they want through their when they file their taxes as a corporation. Complicated, but it is a workaround for the 1099 that used to be very easy. Basically, the 1099 is only for someone who's not doing a like business and it's very narrow in California. Now, there is something called the PRO Act that's kind of going national, which may also eliminate 1099 employees across the nation. Other states are probably going to adopt the California rules. And so you're looking at making your the person working for you basically an employee of your company versus a subcontractor. I would highly discourage you from paying someone under the table to work for you the main reason is you really can't trust people nowadays. I've had two different people that I know. One where the person said that they were going to turn him into the state unless they gave them $5,000 or $10,000 to keep them quiet about the fact that he was getting paid under the table. Another one got hurt and since he wasn't an employee and there was no workers' comp, he was in the, you know, let the state know that he was working for this guy without getting on payroll. So he had to settle with this person also. So there are people out there that, you know, even though it's a benefit for them not to pay taxes, will turn around on you and throw you under the bus, basically, when they need to. So you want to put them on payroll, which also leads to workers' comp. Luckily, or fortunately, in California, the pool service provider falls under the janitorial workers' comp and not, you know, the construction one, which is more expensive, So you got to factor workers comp into that as well as the payroll taxes, which can be really high in California because as an employer, if you don't know this, if you never had an employee, you're also paying the same taxes they're paying to the state plus a few other junk fees, I guess you would call it. So you're paying a lot of money for this employee because they're paying their payroll taxes. Of course, you're withholding from them, but then you're paying kind of double taxes. It's kind of confusing But once you get an employee, you're going to kind of know what kind of hit you're going to take. I recommend a payroll company. Um, I use Heartland Payroll. They're decent. They're okay. There's probably better ones out there, but, you know, they're pretty easy to work with. And they have, everything's online with them. So you can generate the payroll online. And they only charge like $100 per employee. So it's not a huge expense having a payroll company. And again, the one I use is Heartland Payroll, and they're decent. The reviews are, you know, mediocre, but any payroll company is going to have trouble. And I think it's because they have a high turnover, and so that's one of the big problems. They also miscalculated some payroll before in the past, so it's one of those things you have to kind of, you know, take the good with the bad if you have a payroll service. But it makes your life a lot easier, that way you're not doing all the um, accounting in that respect. So I recommend that if you have an employee to have that kind of payroll company, and then one of the things that you're going to also have to decide on is how many pools you're going to give this tech. Now, I, I think there is something to be said about starting the employee off in the off season or maybe before summer starts. The hardest time, I think, to jump in to a business or to the pool service industry is in the summertime when things are just crazy. Um, it would be like hiring somebody for Starbucks and putting him in there at I don't know what time they're the busiest, I guess noon and not starting them off at like, you know, 10 a.m. where it's kind of slower. So same thing with the pool service. Summer is kind of like our busy hours and you don't want to throw them in there at that time because there's a lot to learn and it's hot and the pools are harder to maintain in the summer. So ideally, you want to bring your employee on before the summer season starts or in the wintertime and kind of train them slowly to get their feet wet. Winter would be the best in California, because the pools are easier, they may have more debris, but as far as chemical wise, they're a lot easier to maintain. You're not having any algae issues to deal with. So, timing I think is important also when to bring the employee on, and it's up to you, but I don't think bringing him on in, in the, you know, right in the summertime or the midst of the season or the high point of the season is probably the smartest way to do it. But of course, you may not have a choice, especially if you're expanding and you're getting a lot of accounts in the summer. And you have to bring someone on at that moment is something that you have to do. And, you know, some people say that it's even better because then they kind of learn in the heat of the battle, and they're much more prepared for it than if they're kind of surprised by it later on. And they may quit when they, they get a 100-degree weather day and their pools have algae in it. Who knows? But I don't know. I prefer off-season, but some people prefer on-season. It's up to you when you're going to hire them and throw them out there. Now, do you want them to ride with you or you want to give them their own truck and have them drive around on their own route? That's also up to you. A lot of pool companies will supply the truck for the employee. It does, It is an attractive benefit to drive a company truck versus your own truck. Now, you don't have the write-offs anymore because you're not a 1099 employee, and so it doesn't matter if you're driving your employer's truck because you're not going to deduct the mileage. So I think that's a good benefit if you're going to bring someone on. And if you give them a company truck, they can even take it home with them. I think that's a great benefit. And, you know, even with a gas card, if they used it for driving somewhere, you know, like 20 minutes or 20 miles somewhere, it's not a big deal. But I think it's definitely something that you have to think about if you want them to use use their own truck, which adds to kind of the weirdness of the whole 1099 thing going away. So a company truck may be safer to do. As far as you know, being legal and under these the rules, um, it's kind of still a gray area in California because things just recently changed. But I think most people are giving company trucks to their employee employees now, versus them using their own truck. And of course, they would use your they would use your wholesale account to buy chemicals and things of that nature, unless of course you're doing the corporate the corporate thing, and then they're going to have to pay for their chemicals and deduct it. And again, everything gets kind of weird because California changed the rules and just about all the companies were giving, uh, were using 1099 as their way of paying versus making them employees. So things are different at that point and your state may be different. So you have to really decide what you want to do. Now, if you wanted to ride with you, there's some benefits of going tandem. You can really speed up your day and get through the route really quickly. I did this with my nephew for a few months, and I think it was really helpful to have someone there where you can they can check the chemicals, or they can vacuum while you're skimming, or they can be going to the neighbor's house across the street if you're on the same street. All these things will speed up your day, and it kind of eases the boredom out there, too. I had one guy that started his business, and he couldn't handle the fact that he was out there by himself. He was just not that kind of a person, and he ended up um, selling his route that he purchased because... He just couldn't deal with the loneliness of it. And one thing he could have done is brought someone on to go out tandem with so that it's not quite as boring. But you can do a lot with two people versus one. Now, is it economical for you? I don't know. It's based on how much you charge your customers per pool. And then that leads to the final point is, are you generating enough money? Do you have enough accounts to afford the employee employee And you may think, you know, you may do the math and say, well, I'm charging X amount per pool, and if I bring this guy on to help me out, I pay him this amount, I'm making pretty good money still. But you have to factor in several things. Number one would be, of course, the payroll that you're going to pay for having an employee. Workers' comp is another thing you have to factor in, the insurance for the employee, for their truck, and also for their liability which isn't a huge amount, but it's also it should be something that you factor in. And then you're going to factor in equipment, maybe equipment loss, and then chemical usage. All these things are a little different when you're not measuring the chemicals. And the employees out there, with a blank check at the supplier to buy chlorine and stuff like that, if they can find it, that is, um, basically, they're going to be not as conservative with the chemicals as you are. And they're going to be a little more aggressive with things than you are, I think, in a lot of cases. So those are all factors that need to be in there. And I think you also have to factor in, will the homeowner accept the employee going back there versus having you do their pool service? So when you hire somebody, you want to hire somebody that will blend, or not blend, will kind of phase in. I don't know know what the right term I'm looking for. It's not going to be someone that's going to rub the customer the wrong way, I guess I'll put it. So you want to get an employee that's easygoing, that's that's likable, that the customers are not going to push back on, and that's something you have to be careful of. I had someone who hired this guy, and he was like a chain smoker kind of guy, and so he would be at the pool, and he would tell me the story that, you know, the customer would be like watching him, and he would stop halfway through and smoke a cigarette, and it just was one of those things where it's like, this guy's coming to my backyard, and he's smoking a cigarette back there, not finishing his work, and So it was getting really ugly, and you know he had to let the guy go. Of course, but pick someone that's going to kind of blend in and kind of match your business model. And you want someone that's going to be really acceptable to the customer. And that's another thing too. You don't want to lose any customers by bringing on an employee, because then you're kind of counterproduct. It's kind of counterproductive to what you're trying to do anyway by expanding. And you got to worry about the employee quitting on the spot without giving you notice. So. If you get too big and you can't you know, go back out there and cover those pools, that could be a problem. I have a guy in Florida who picked up a lot of accounts just from guys that had employees that quit on them. And they couldn't handle the route, so the pools were turning, so they just had to let them go at a low rate or even for free. He picked up several accounts that way. So you don't want to be in a situation where you lose really good paying customers because the employee wasn't doing their job properly or dropped the ball So these are all major factors and I think you don't want to give your employee more than 12 to 14 pools a day and you want to pay them well enough to where that's going to be very attractive to the point where they can sustain themselves without quitting or getting a better job. And I think a lot of times they're looking for a better job at some point too. So don't be surprised that after a year they may jump to another company or even be offered a job at another company when they see them you know, picking up their supplies, they may see that this person is very personable and they may, you know, take them away from you. So you want to make things as lucrative as possible to keep that employee. And there's a lot of tricks that you can do. You can offer bonuses, you can give them paid time off, whatever you want to do to keep that person happy. You know, one of the drawbacks, I think, of having a small business at this level where you have maybe one or two employees is that you don't really have the insurance benefits that the larger companies can offer them. And that's one factor that you have to kind of think about, too, is that another company may be able to offer them insurance benefits that you can't, and that may just be something that leads them to that industry versus the pool industry. And overloading them with pools and making them work really hard and not having some of the benefits at another position is a sure way to get rid of them or, you know, scare them off, I should say. So you want to make sure you don't you overload them with pools at the beginning. So I would say maximum four, 12 to 14 pools when they're starting out. And if they want more pools, you can definitely give it to them. But that's a lot of pools to do when you're first starting anyway. And if you overload them right away, if you have like 90 accounts and you're looking for an employee, you can't give them those 90 accounts. It's just overwhelming at that point. So start them off slow is what I'm saying. If there's any kind of problems, address it right away so they're not frustrated so if they have a pool that's not priming or if it's turning, you should step in at that point and take over and fix that problem so that the employee's not overly frustrated working for you. And with this tight labor market, you want to try to keep your pool tech as happy as possible and kind of baby them into the business. And I think if you get the right person, everything will work out perfectly for you. It's just one of those things where. Finding that right person is harder now than it was in the past. But again, the pool service industry is very attractive. We have great hours. You're your own boss out there. They're going to love the physical labor of that because it's not overwhelmingly physical, but it's enough to keep them in shape. And you get a lot of energy from working out there in the sun. And there's a lot to be said about the short hours or short work time getting a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of hours out there. And I think that's one of the things you should really push when you're getting an employee is that, hey, look, you work for me. I'm going to pay you just as much or even more than you would make working in the Amazon warehouse, but you're not going to be working 6 p.m. to 2 or 3 in the morning. You're going to just work a normal, you know, midday. Maybe you get off at 2 o'clock, maybe earlier some days. But definitely you're not going to be working the same amount of hours that they put in and you're going to get a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of effort. Again, as long as you know the risk of an employee and of course, you know, some of the hurdles that I mentioned here are definite risk. You can bring an employee on if you get big enough or again, you may decide just to be a single polar. I've had people bring employees on and realize that it's not their cup of tea. It went back to a smaller route and so... Whatever way you want to work it, it's your personality, it's how much stress you can take, how much of this you want to invest in the pool industry. Maybe you just want to be a single polar and invest in other industries like real estate or the market. It just depends on you again and how much tolerance you have and how big you want to get as a company. If you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded on business subjects like this here, just go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com and on the banner, click on the podcast icon, It'll take you to the podcast website where I have a lot of podcasts I've done on the business end of the pool industry. You can definitely refer to those um, if you're going to bring on an employee or grow your business. I think those are some good resources for you there. And if you want to enhance your business, definitely consider the coaching program that I offer. You can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show.